0: Good afternoon and welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Another Friday upon us. We've made it through the week and an interesting roller coaster type of week that we saw in the trade. Obviously, we've seen some lower numbers today in this grain complex. On the flip side, cattle Had one lower day yesterday. They came back in the positive today, but the hogs ended up on a mixed type of market. A variety of things that we are going to look at today, including what's going on in this market. We see Kansas City wheat was up once again, but the beans. What's going on there? What's happening with these export numbers, both from a corn and a bean perspective? And add to it, we know that there's been some weather issues that continue for those folks in South America. Lots to look at today, and we're excited to bring into the program Alan Brugler. He's with Brugler Marketing and Management, and Alan, let's kind of. Start out once again, um, kind of evening up, as you were saying, um, headed into the weekend.
1: Yeah, we 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 had some choppiness, uh, a couple couple big move days on the corn and the beans. And then uh, as you come into the weekend, the, the South American weather story is still uh, circulating around. You know, is it raining? Is it raining enough? Is it raining in the right places? People just want to take some money off the table ahead of the weekend. So we we, we backed off the beans, particularly the meal a little bit. I did manage to keep that Kansas City wheat and plus territory, but of course, that's not a South America story.
0: Well, looking at that that wheat numbers, I know that the weather has been kind of a, a big talk issue for Kansas City wheat. What are you seeing and hearing that's an influence for that trade?
1: Well, we got one eye on, on Ukraine. Uh, there were some numbers floating around that the Ukrainian uh, 2023 20, harvest was going to be lower for wheat. And uh, that that gave us a little bit of a boost just in wheat in general. I think there there's plenty of questions about uh, the condition of the crop whether we had winter kill back in December. Uh looks like uh, we've got some some zero type temperatures coming in again but a little better snow cover this time around. But we're we're putting in a little premium in there in case those Ukraine numbers are down and or the the Russians uh, are limited somewhat. The Ukraine estimate I'm referring to was uh, 16 million tons.
0: There has been continue to be a lot of pressure over there um they're in the same growing seasons that we are. What are you anticipating? What are you hearing about possible planting numbers or availability uh, of wheat coming out of that region?
1: Well, uh, the, the, of course, the winter wheat had to be planted already. The, the, the biggest issue they have, frankly, is fertilizer. Uh, some of the uh, Ukrainian ag people are telling us that uh, certain types of fertilizer are down, application was down as much as 90%. They either couldn't get it or they couldn't get the, uh, get the application on because of, you know, um ordinance in the fields if you will uh so the uh you know their yields are going to be down and they they don't have the fertilizer and uh, of course in some of the 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 prov- oblasts or provinces or whatever you want to call them they, they they there's a war going on and you just can't harvest anything
0: looking at let's go to south america and the, and the weather concerns that continue for argentina
1: the the it's it's definitely raining in argentina and, and in southern brazil it, uh one of my long-standing rules is you can't have a drought if it keeps raining uh it doesn't matter if the if it's accumulating it it does to a degree but if it keeps raining you're you're reducing the stress on the crops and then you get some yield uh, soybeans have have a tendency to hunker down and wait on the rain you know the equivalent of august is what really matters uh so you've got some really, really low production numbers for corn and beans in, in Argentina. And to the degree that we get the rains, those are probably too low. It's, it's, it's somebody trying to be the guy that, that had the outlying forecast. Um, uh, Today it was looking a little wetter on the models, and and I think that probably contributed to the sell-off in the beans.
0: Brazil's uh, Conab, uh forecast, though, is talking about some some higher numbers, at least for Brazil, and especially in the Mato Grosso area. Are you hearing some positive numbers as well that way?
1: Yeah, we're hearing the the early, very early yield, and they're only Brazil's only about two two to two and a half percent harvested. The very early yields are running in pretty strong. Uh, there's a little concern about it being too wet in mount grosso uh they're they're closer to the equator. They get more rain naturally, but this is the, not the time of year they want it uh they're getting really good yields they're just a little concerned about product quality if they if it uh doesn't dry up enough for them to harvest <coughs> Excuse me,
0: and I heard there was some disease issues as well that were kind of working their way into parts of Brazil. Is it maybe in part because of that rain they're getting?
1: yeah you you would expect the, the fungal diseases in particular to be a more widespread when when there's a lot of moisture uh my my take on that is it's, it's it can affect the yield but it's not it's not like a drought it's not going to make a major swing and it's it typ- typically is is localized where somebody couldn't get their fungicides on or uh because of because it was still raining and too muddy uh, or uh where the varieties were more susceptible
0: and Brazil still trying to undercut when it comes to beans. Uh, not seeing much movement in the U.S. because of that,
1: right? What, what we're seeing is uh, the U.S. has a, a lot of soybeans on the on the books. Export sales commitments are pretty good. Uh, in fact, as a percentage of USDA's forecasts, they're really high. But the problem is, number one, Brazil's got a record crop coming on. We still think it's 152, 153 million tons. And number two, because they've got that big record crop coming on, they're discounting already on the FOB market, the export market, to the point where it makes it really hard for a foreign buyer to buy uh, U.S. beans. So I think what you're seeing is the buyers have got some U.S. beans on, on order, but uh, they're, they're sitting on those contracts in case there's a logistical problem coming out of Brazil or a port strike or some of those types of things. And they're buying spot market beans from Brazil if they can get them.
0: You know, which we haven't heard any uh, port strikes as of yet, but, but the harvest season is still pretty young.
1: Yeah, it's, you, you you can expect it'll happen at some point. It's, it's just a, a seasonal thing for them. Uh, they, the port workers know when they have the leverage, but... Uh, and, of course, they've got a labor-friendly uh, new president down there, too.
0: Well, stick around, folks. We've got a lot more coming up as we continue here on this Friday with the second half of the Fontenelle Final Bell. We come back we'll talk a little bit about what's going on in this corn market and really looking at the big export picture. We know it's been very quiet from a corn perspective and a short crop, long tail. I love that saying. We'll get more details about that as well from Alan as we get ready for the second half. It's the Fontenelle Final Bell right here on the Rural Radio Network.
1: Hey, Tom, I see a Fontenelle sign there on your North 80. That corn looks pretty good. Well, yeah, my neighbors had good luck with Fontenelle, so I decided to give it a try. They've been around for quite a while? Well, sure have. In the last three seasons, Fontenelle's 15 top-yielding corn products had over a nine-bushel advantage over Pioneer's commercially available leading volume corn products. Wow, that's impressive. I'm thinking I might add some Fontenelle to my farm. Well, just contact your local dealer or go to Fontenelle.com if you want more information. Read and follow pesticide label directions, grain marketing, and other stewardship practices.
0: Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield as we're continuing our conversation this afternoon with Alan Brugler. Alan, of course, with Brugler Marketing and Management. We are talking about some export numbers and some things happening with Brazil. I kind of want to look get your thoughts on this corn side because it's been extremely quiet to this point.
1: Yeah, we, and it is Brazil's fault or responsibility or whatever you want to say. The The Brazilian uh, second crop, their winter corn crop, was record large, and it's been uh, aggressively marketed into the export market in, 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 in the face of U.S. Uh, corn supplies. China aggravated the situation by choosing to start importing Brazilian corn after they've been resisting doing so for a number of years. Uh, they're basically trying to play one off the other, but as a result, we had very, very slow first quarter exports of corn, 281 million bushels. We do think that's going to ramp up quite a bit in the second quarter, probably 450, 500 million, could even get into the 700 plus for the third quarter. But the problem is we've got such a slow start, just like we did in 2012, 2013, that it's going to be hard to make the USDA number for the year as a whole. And... It's it's a positive uh, and probably will help basis when those, when those sales ramp up, but we're just way behind.
0: China has been on, obviously, their New Year holiday. Come back Monday, could we see them poking around the markets, or are they still going to be focusing to South America?
1: Well, I, I think they'll be poking around the markets, but it might be South American product that they're buying. I think the... Uh, it's 680, uh, board futures here. We do pencil into China because their fob or their domestic prices in Dalian are about $10.50 or so. Even with freight and everything else, uh, it, it does pencil pretty well. But again, Brazil is undercutting us. They should be getting low on old crop corn supplies, uh, that from, from last summer. And the, the first crop corn, the, the summer corn will not be harvested for another 30 days in any kind of quantity. Most of that out of Brazil is used for the starch industry and the livestock industry. So I, again, I still think there's a window where we're going to start to see our exports pick up. It's it's just, uh, you know, maybe not enough to make the, the full year numbers from USDA.
0: Before we started the program this afternoon, you were talking about short crop, long tail, and I think interesting conversation that'll come of that.
1: Yeah, the, the the thing we uh, have to remember is typically when you have a, a big bull move like we had in ninety six and two thousand and eight and two thousand twelve, uh you do two things. You kill off demand, price rationing, we call that, and you also attract supply. Uh, growers in the US decide to plant more crop of that of whatever is hot. And so do uh farmers in other parts of the world, the Brazilians say, Hey, I can grow corn for six bucks. Let's grow more corn uh Argentina uh China South Africa you pick uh so the point is Historically, we we have that short crop run up, and then we have a long tail because we we get the supply and demand out of balance. Prices are under pressure because there's too much supply for the amount of demand, and it tends to take, in corn's case, two or three or even four years to balance back out and get to a shortage again, or where you can have a, a decent price run up. Uh, that we're fighting gravity here. Because of that. We we know we've hurt consumption somewhat. We know there's uh there's more production in South America, there's probably more production in, in Europe and if we can if they can do it. Uh US corn acreage is probably up a couple million, two to four million from last year. We'll find out better on March thirty first. But those are all pointing towards that long tail. So uh what I've been saying is we're fighting gravity. And gravity's pulling us back towards the the long term average price if we find some rocket fuel, uh, we can still have rallies we can still We can still go back and, and test last year 's highs, but you've got to have some kind of of a story there, whether it 's a drought or a big uh, expanded use or something like that to make it go.
0: Switch gears a little bit here. What are your thoughts on this cattle market and maybe where we are in the cycle at this point? well
1: we, we know. We know kind of where we are in the cattle cycle, and that is we're in liquidation, but we killed a large number, an uncharacteristically large number of cows over the last two years, particularly last year. So we're in the liquidation phase and for the third year. We'll get cattle inventory numbers on month uh, next week, and that'll tell us a little more specifically. But what I'm watching for is, number one, when do we get grass? Okay, when are we getting enough moisture that we get a nice green up this spring? We got more pasture, and then does that cause the cow calf guy to say, "Hey, these are two hundred ninety, two hundred dollar feeders. I should, I should get some cows going here and get some more, more calves." Uh, when they start to pull those heifers out of the feedlots, as right now they're heading towards the feedlots. Uh, if they start to you know, retain heifers, then we start to really tighten up the feeder
0: supply. Because Lots of great stuff we talked about today. Best way for folks to get a hold of you?
1: Well, you can call us, 402-697-3623. Visit our website, www.bruglermarketing.com. That's B-R-U-G-L-E-R marketing, all one word, .com. Uh, If you want to follow us on Twitter, it's uh, at BruglerMKTG. And uh, we've also got a Facebook page, Brugler Marketing.
0: All right, that is today's Fontenelle Final Bells. We remind you commodity futures and options involve a substantial risk of loss not suitable to all investors. And that's a Fontenelle Final Bell brought to you by Fontenelle Hybrids and all your local dealers on the Rural Radio Network.